Lol. <laughs> we're children. Yeah. Um, no, we're not. We're crime culture. <gasps> yeah, we are. Oh, I love it when the segue does the thing. So yeah. smooth. Just great. You're and Haley. I'm Caitlin. Yep. I'm not fucking that up this week. And this is a very special episode. It is oh. a very <laughs> it's a very special episode because it was picked by our patrons, but it is a very fucked up case. So you motherfuckers wanted you wanted it. You you asked for this. You, you did. did this. Um, yeah. It's very rare that when I'm researching a case that I start to lose it while I'm researching. Like I'm more in that technical yeah. space where I'm not really absorbing any of the stuff. This is not that. Yeah. Yeah. This one's uh, extremely frustrating. And what is the this that we are speaking of? This is um, the murders, the unsolved murders of Abigail Williams and Liberty German, otherwise known in um, uh, documentaries and the media. the media as the Delphi murders. And also, I learned this, but Felix is sneezing behind me. Hang on. Bless you. Um, just violent sneezes. Um it was also, we'll get into it, but it's also been referred to apparently as the Indiana train track murders. Interesting. All right. I hadn't yeah. heard it referred to as that. I hadn't either, but that was the title of one of the talk shows with a certain medical charlatan, not the one that shouldn't be running for office in the state they don't live in, but another one Great. Uh, who, that was the title of the episode when Got the it. families came on to talk about it. Yeah. And it's it's another one of those that it's so recent that I remember yeah. as it was happening. And I mean it's still happening. It is still uh there's still updates we'll get to uh this which is one of the reasons why we're covering it now is because right. recent uh information has come out. Ooh, um is. but yeah, this happened in 2017 and I thought it happened last year. Yeah. Like I really I really did like I when I was researching this I was like wait this was five years ago because it just doesn't yeah. feel like it was five years ago it yeah fe- i mean granted well, time post, is a construct yeah. post 2020 times <laughs> uh yeah we all lost a couple years there but yeah. um there is a lot of information in this case so we're gonna jump right into it not waste any more time um so the crime itself a little backstory. Also, this is, um, if you're new, this is an episode of So You Want to Know About. So mm-hmm. we're going to cover the broad strokes of the case with uh, with recent updates. Uh, this is in no way an in-depth look at this case. There, We'll get to, there are specific podcasts for that that look mm-hmm. exclusively at this case. So we're going to be covering a lot of like the basic information you need to know if you've seen it in the news a lot and only been looking at the headlines and not really gotten um, a rundown of what's going on in the case. So we're not hitting everything, just so you know. So on Sunday, February 12th, 2017, friends Abigail Williams, age 13, who went by Abby, and Mm -hmm. Liberty German, age 14, who went by Libby, decided they were going to have a sleepover at German's house, knowing that they didn't have school the next day. Um, The girls did the typical sleepover fun activities, like uh, they painted a sign that said chocolate, and they took videos of each other being silly, and uh, German's older sister, Kelsey, who later said they all, quote, had a movie night and ate a pizza, end quote, which is every 
13, 14 year olds uh, sleepover. Yeah. All the yeah. time. I mean, I wouldn't even venture so far as to say 13, 14 because I'm pretty sure that's what we did on New Year's. Uh, yeah, pretty <laughs> as much. Adults. As like almost 30 year olds. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the following morning on February 13th, the girls slept in till about 10 a.m. and Libby's father, Derek, made them pancakes. Libby's grandmother, Becky Patty, then made a deal with the girls that if they if they helped her file work for her business, she'd give them some spending money and then possibly later that day, take them out to go shopping um, so they can spend some of that money. And mm -hmm. the girls were like, fuck, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. And when they were done, they asked Becky for permission to go on a hike at the Delphi Historic Trails in Indiana. Indiana is where this case takes place, mm -hmm. um, which was considered to be kind of like the local hangout spot for teens their age. And I definitely had spots like, like I still have spots like that in the yep. town I grew up in. It's like a random wooded area that people go to, like, hang out and, like, get away for a little while. And drink in the woods. Drink in the woods, make out, smoke <laughs> some weed. Although I can just fucking smoke weed on the streets now. Hell yeah. Smoke weed every day. Legalize it everywhere and uh, get people out of jail for it. Anyway. Yes. So Becky agreed as long as they had a ride back, uh, a ride there and back. And Kelsey dropped them off around 1.35 p.m. to hike on the Monon, Mon, Monon? Monon. Monon High Bridge over Deer Creek. Phone records indicate that Kelsey's boyfriend called her at about 1.38 p.m. And Kelsey later said that she remembered already being on the phone with him when she dropped the girls off, meaning that the drop-off could not have been any earlier than 1.38 p.m. Right. So we're, uh, again, this case is going to be a lot of, like, real split in hairs about timelines and stuff. Mm -hmm. So uh, we're not going to get too deep in the weeds with it. But... At around this time, German called her dad and asked if he could give the girls a ride home when they were when he was done doing work for German's grandmother's business. And Derek agreed. But there was no exact pickup time that was established. Um, yeah. Derek told uh, his daughter that he would call them to get ready when he was nearby. Upon dropping the girls off, Kelsey later said that she watched the girls walk until they got onto the trail and did not notice anything unusual at the parking area before driving off. German posted a photo of them walking over the bridge, time-stamped at 2.07 p.m. After this photo, the girls' trail went cold. Mm. At 3.11 p.m., phone records show that Derek called his daughter, intending to tell her that he was getting close and that the girls should start heading back to be picked up but nobody answered the phone at 3 14 p.m he pulled into the parking lot and with no sight of the girls tried german's phone again to tell them that he had arrived to pick them up but there was again no answer uh noting that it was unlike his daughter to ignore texts and phone calls especially when she was expecting to hear from him he parked his, his car and began walking the trails to search for the girls at about 3.15, Derek reaches the point where the trail intersects and he stops a man dressed in a flannel shirt who is approaching the intersection coming from the 501 trail and asks him, quote, did you see what happened? Did you happen to see two girls up there? End quote. The man replied, quote, no, I did not. But there's a couple on the bridge. End quote. This man would later become a key witness in the case and was among the first to give a witness statement to law enforcement. Which we're going to get to. Um. Mm -hmm. Based on the man's answer, Derek began walking on the other trail that leads directly to the creek edge called the 505 trail. By 3.30, Derek couldn't find the girls on the 505 trail, so he went back up to the intersection and called uh, his mother, Becky, and told 
her about not being able to contact or find the girls and asked her to try to get a hold of them. German's aunt Tara was with Becky at the time and both women began repeatedly calling and texting German, but also got no response. Mm. By 4 p.m., Derek returned to his car after not being able to find the girls and Tara and Becky went to the trail to help him look. Becky also called her husband, Liberty's grandfather, Mike Patty, who was at work in Lafayette, Indiana, to tell him of the situation, and he decided to take off work and help look for the girls. Becky also called Kelsey, who said she would delay her shift at work by a few hours and left her boyfriend's house to head to the trail to help them look. Kelsey also contacted her and Libby's estranged mother, Carrie German, who lived about 250 miles, or for our international listeners 402.336 kilometers is that accurate that's what the google said all right so um so sorry <laughs> she lived she lived quite a distance away in yes. um Haridsburg, kentucky carrie who had just been communicating with her daughter via snapchat that morning later told the son that she was so winded by the news that she collapsed to the ground when she heard hmm as Becky was leaving the house to go to the trail, Libby's uncle Cody arrived at the house and Becky informed him of the situation and drove to, and they drove to the trail together. At this point in time, the family is thinking that the girls had somehow gotten hurt on the trail uh, from the fall and Libby's phone had been damaged. Kelsey and Cody crossed the Monon, Monon High Bridge and arrived at the uh, southeast end where they spent 20 to 30 minutes calling for the girls, but they got no response. From this location, Kelsey called her sister's phone, later stating that she believed the call went through because she could hear it ring on her own phone speaker, but she could not hear Libby's phone ringing in the area, despite believing that the trail area was quiet enough that if the phone had been near where she was standing at the time, she would have heard it ringing. Though it is possible that Libby's phone was on silent or vibrate. I mean, whose phone isn't? Yeah. Uh, me, because I'm old, but... Uh, these these are young kids so why not um meanwhile becky called the cell phone company which was at&t and asked if they could ping libby's phone to locate it but the carrier said that they could not do it for legal reasons she then asked about the phone tracking apps like find my iphone and find my droid which would allow them to track the phone but because of a misunderstanding becky ended up downloading the app herself and it took a bit mm. uh, for it to become clear that because Libby's phone didn't have the app, this method wouldn't help. Uh, this is really something that should be done beforehand. Uh, I don't think it's necessary in all cases, but I definitely for me, if I was to have a child who was uh, mm -hmm. like going out and stuff, I would feel much better being able to look at that in an emergency situation. So if uh if you got kids and they're old enough to like be going out by themselves even if they're trustworthy kids maybe um if you're going on a hike install that stuff beforehand just well and for an emergency I situation i wouldn't even say um what do you call it like that it's even necessarily for a in case somebody goes missing situation like again if your phone is stolen or if your kid's phone is stolen that shit's expensive now yeah kid, and kids lose their phones a lot so yeah it might be nice to just have it yeah, yeah. like i mean it's not I, like i have mine on and i will tell you right now like i don't have it on because i'm assuming that i will get taken although maybe 
I should start. I mean, let's be honest. They'll give me back but one here's minute the, with me. Here's the other thing. She was just talking with her mom on Snapchat. This is just something I randomly thought of. Was this before Snapchat had that feature where you could tell where somebody was? Remember oh, that? Well, and yeah, I do. But also you could turn that off because I yeah, remember I, I did. I, I know. I know you can turn it off, but like. If you're in an emergency situation, maybe that would have been an option. Because maybe people, di- maybe a lot of people didn't know that they could turn it off at first. So, true, true. Well, but I, I, I also kind of feel like Kelsey, because Ke- that's the other thing is, and this is not a criticism of Becky Patty, but we don't know, like, we can assume, I think, that Kelsey was more technologically savvy. Yeah. So presumably she might have thought to look maybe and be like okay like it yeah it are either of the girls on. this is obviously this is not a criticism of what they were doing to try to find them like i'm yes. sure they i'm sure they went down every avenue that they possibly could have i mean the amount of people f- just from their family that they got together to look for these girls in such a short amount of time is yes is very impressive yes. but anyway so the family continued to search for the girls themselves before deciding to ultimately call the police at around 5.20 p.m. Throughout this time, Becky had been unsuccessful in getting a hold of Abby's mom, Anna. And after driving to Anna's house at about 5.25 p.m., uh, she was told that Anna was at work. Mm-hmm. Mike then called Becky and told her that the poli- uh, told her the police told them both to drive to the station to file a missing persons report, uh, which was standard police practice. Mm-hmm. Um, Becky was driving to Anna's work when Anna called her, having just gotten a chance to check her phone. Becky filled her in, and they decided to all meet at the police station. Mm-hmm. So authorities who quickly searched the area did not initially suspect any foul play in the disappearance with Carroll County Sheriff... Is it Toby Liensby? Yes. Yes, it's spelled T-O-B-E. Yeah, but Toby is, Liansby, yes. uh saying that there was no reason to believe that the girls were in immediate danger and that the biggest concern was exposure to the elements, which I can imagine. Indiana yeah. in February is probably pretty cold, right? Yeah, probably yeah. not a fun time to be stuck outside. At night, yeah. At night, yes, and overnight. Well, this and this is February. It's like 5.30-ish p.m., so it's dark. Getting dark, yeah. Yeah. Um, So after an exhaustive night of looking for Abby and Libby, the teams, which included police, firefighters, volunteers, canine units, drones, dive teams, they got the whole shebang out for these girls. Um, They were all told at 12 a.m. to stop their search due to safety concerns stemming from visibility, and they were going to all continue in the morning. Many went home, but some firefighters and community volunteers continued to search throughout the night. However, yeah. Uh, How do you go home and sleep knowing that there's two young girls missing like the i understand no problem doing it well i understand like there is a legitimate concern for like exposure and everything and like searching in the dark more people getting injured tripping whatever it's hilly it's rocky whatever but um i personally would not be able to leave <laughs> Yeah, well, and we've talked about this before because the same type of decisions were made when Naya Rivera went missing in yeah. Yeah, out here in California when she unfortunately drowned. And so it's just, it's very, I don't know. Like, I don't you know. know. You know the first 48 hours are the most yeah. important. So, like, why and not exhaust kids. those hours first? But like, yeah, okay, you might you might get hurt in the dark, 
that's totally understandable but i feel like in that maybe, in maybe that event oh, go ahead like maybe send the community volunteers home and then your firefighters and police like can stay out because like shouldn't you be more well versed in searching for people i don't know yeah or at least like 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 there were drones, things yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like keep those in in operation. Or again, like there are people presumably who are very familiar with wooded areas, whether that's because they're hunting or they're avid hikers or whatnot. Like we were saying, like this is like the go to spot. So people know their way around this land. Yeah. So why not just make it optional if you want to stay? Yeah. Stay. I don't know. But and I mean, I'm sure that it could also be with liability reasons. Yeah, I don't know like, what the legalese behind all of this were, but um, but also it's it's understandably frustrating. Yeah. Um, but uh, this all changed when the bodies of the girls were found around noon the next day, about mm. a half mile, which is 0.8 kilometers east of the abandoned Monon High Bridge. The bodies were found by a volunteer lying in the grass between a group of trees deep in the woods on private property, about 50 feet from the north bank of Deer Creek. A set of footprints are what led volunteers to the area where the bodies were found. In a Fox 59 article, Becky recounted the discovery, saying, quote, He saw something. He could not figure out what it was. There were two deer standing there. But as he looked up to see what was what that was, that was what that was when he saw them. He called his wife who was with us and said, we found them. My sister came up and she was crying. She said, I'm so sorry. End quote. On the second episode of the infamous indie podcast, which aired on February 10th, 2019, Kelsey described the two search parties in the area during the discovery saying, quote, the fire department split us up into groups and we went in different places. Some of them were in the town Delphi. Some uh, were like way out in the country near the high bridge, but nowhere my sister would have went voluntarily. My group that went to the high bridge and another group that also that was also at the high bridge on the other side of the bridge, three of us chose to cross the bridge to look underneath the bridge on the opposite side. And that's where I ended up hearing that we found the bodies. I was standing on the trail that's right under the bridge, looking out into the woods and somebody yelled up that they had found a shoe. And when they found the shoe, they they had asked what kind of shoes the girls were wearing. And they yelled out the type of shoe that Libby was wearing. So I yelled down and told them that I wanted to run towards them. But the girl but the girl that was with me in my group had held me down and told me, we don't know who they are yet. We don't know if that's if sorry, we don't know that it's them. We don't know what they look like. We don't know. We don't know anything that's happening right now. So you can't go to them. And so she kind of held me and made sure that I stayed there. So I wouldn't go towards it. End quote. Which is terribly heartbreaking. Yeah. To and be in that search party and to be within feet of your sister's this, body. Yeah. This terrible, terrible crime. And it just... It's so, I guess because they were on private property that they mm -hmm. weren't found earlier. But with all of those people, like tons of volunteers, firefighters, canines, like they were only a half mile away from the bridge. Yes, though I will say, like we mentioned earlier, 
again, it's February. Sun probably sets at like four, four thirty-five. Yeah. So by five thirty, when they called the police, the police show up at like five twenty-five. Let's yeah, say. Yeah. Yeah. Like by that time, it was probably too dark to see anything because they were found at noon, and I believe search efforts resumed at daylight. Yeah. And, and it was footprints that led it to there. So how you yes. see in footprints in the fucking yes. middle of the night. But Well, though, I've got to say, I've got a lot of chills because I saw in multiple accounts where they were like, yeah, and we saw two deer and then we went over. Yeah, and yeah. like, 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 I'm getting chills again. Like, yeah, come the fuck on. Mm-hmm. Like, Which, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's definitely something to, like, give you chills. Like something led us there. Yes, yes. But it, it's, I, I gotta say, though, like, good on that, that, that woman in the search party that Kelsey was in. Because yeah. at the same time, like, it's, it's, yes, like, you don't know and all of that other stuff. But if I were that woman and if I were in that search party, I would also be doing everything to discourage her from going. Because at, like, at the end of the day, like, these are little girls. And it's difficult to think about from the perspective of an outsider but as a big sister like you don't want to see your little sister like that that's not well, how you want to any, remember any family member like any, i don't yes i don't but like you don't, that's what i'm saying you don't want to see your family like that you don't want that to be your last memory of seeing your yeah, family member like i personally don't like i personally do not like going to funerals especially open casket funerals, mm. because I don't want to see the person like that. I want to keep my memories with that person as like fun, happy, alive. Like the last thing we did together, I don't want like that image of that person in a casket to be my last image. Everyone takes it differently. Some people, some people are fine with it for closure and everything, but like I wouldn't, be able to handle something like that like i yeah you'd think you'd want to see it to like see it for your no. own eyes but i don't i don't you if i was if i was kelsey no i wouldn't i wouldn't want to see I, it i i went to the funeral of a person whom i was very close to um and her funeral was open casket and I that must have been a decade ago. I still yeah, you still see think it. about it. Yeah, I yeah. can still like I can close my eyes and I can see it. Yeah. And again, this is was, all personal, but like yes. everybody deals with their own grief differently. Um But that's that's also like she had been like for lack of a better word, like done up by I mean yeah that's a that's, professional yeah that's what they like, do at the, that's yeah, yeah that's not and we'll get into kind of the 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 not not fully but like the state of the bodies but mm-hmm. like not only has it not have has the body not been like you know like primped and prepped and whatnot yeah by a like licensed practice mortician yes but also like the elements have had time to get to them and it was not a it was not a like forgiving time of year it it was not well yeah but also uh, what i'm trying to say is like these girls did not die peacefully yeah yeah and to see that Mm -hmm. just no absolutely not yeah um but anyway so carrie german again that's uh 
Libby's mother. Mother, yes. Um, she later told the son that when she first learned of her daughter's disappearance, she scrambled to find a way to get to Delphi to, ser- to help search for her daughter, but that she was on her way the following morning. She learned it was too late. Derek called her and said in a flat, low voice, quote, Libby and Abby have been found, end quote. Carrie told the son that she was initially relieved, but, quote, then it hit me that he wasn't saying anything, and I asked if they were okay, and he had to tell me that they weren't at that point. I was hysterical. All I remember is screaming and crying at a gas station completely out of control, end quote. Understandably. Understandably. Like, to get that news over the phone has to be horrifying. I mean, you want to tell the mother of this child mm-hmm. like as soon as possible but mm-hmm. um telling well, her over the traveling. phone and route is yes yeah. yes and i mean and it's every mother's worst nightmare no mother should have to no parent should have to bury a child yeah exactly especially in such horrific just terrible circumstances yeah so during a 2 p.m joint press conference held by law enforcement with indiana state police PIO, uh, Kim Riley, Sheriff Liensby, and Delphi Police Chief Steve Mullins, authorities confirmed that they had found two bodies but did not provide any identification. However, they said search efforts were being scaled back and confirmed for the first time that foul play was suspected. When they were, when asked by a reporter, quote, why do you believe there was foul play, end quote, Riley responded, quote, just the way the bodies were found, that's all I can say about, say at this point in time, end quote. And when asked, quote, were they in the water, end quote, Riley responded, quote, they were on the edge of the water from what I understand. That's about the best I can tell you, end quote. After conducting an autopsy at 8 a.m. on February 15th, authorities confirmed the identities of the bodies found as those of Libby and Abby, during a 3 p.m. press conference and said the case was being investigated as a double homicide. Um, again, the year 13 and 14 years old. Yeah. Um, but one crucial piece of evidence, which is uh, often said in a lot of articles that this is like one of the key things that keeps this case alive and re- like From invigorated. And, yeah. yeah, and being like kind of like the armchairs experts uh interesting case Mm. is because libby took a very important photo uh video on her phone in the video police say the girls mostly just talk about quote stuff girls talk about end quote which of course such a fucking guy thing to say go ahead uh (laughs) but that they later mention a man they noticed behind them on the bridge carroll county sheriff Toby Liensby said it appeared that the girls initially took pictures for fun, but later became uncomfortable and recorded a video as precaution. The video shows what looks like a white male dressed in jeans, a hoodie and a blue jacket with his hands in his pockets, walking towards the eighth graders on the bridge. Libby then slipped her phone into her pocket and continued recording. Chillingly, she captured allegedly her killers gruffly instructing the pair to quote, go down the hill. End quote. Uh, it is then believed 
that Libby's perspective is from the southeastern side of the bridge, looking backwards towards the northwestern side of the bridge. It is speculated that the man may have brandished a weapon, forcing the girls to comply with his demands. The man in the video has yet to be identified. Kelsey has studied the video over and over and told The Sun in 2021, quote, I just continue to listen to it and hope that someday I'll recognize that person or I'll meet somebody and I'll know the voice and then I'll be like, that's him. That's the person in the video, end mm. quote, which literally gave me goosebumps when I read it. Like, yeah, she's studying this voice, like listening to it almost in her sleep just to get it in her head so that one day if she hears it, she'll know who it was, which yeah. is horrifying. Um, but Kelsey also commended her sister's immense bravery for having the courage to take out her phone and film the man police believe went on to murder her, saying, quote, uh, she is, quote, tremendously proud, end quote, of her younger sister. <clears throat> she said, quote, I don't think she imagined at the time it would be such a big thing. I think she was just taking a video to show us later and say, hey, look at this really weird guy that was on the bridge earlier, and this is what he looked like. But... The fact that she did take the video and she thought something wasn't right and she had to take it, it just amazes me. It just amazes me that she was able to think of it in that moment. I don't know where this case would be if we didn't have that video. I think that's the one thing that intrigues people about the case, to continue to look at it, end quote. Which yeah. I believe it's true. Because there are so many people online that want to be the ones to crack the case and like figure mm -hmm. out who it is. So uh, this video circulating, I think, really, really became big for this yeah, case. The power of social media, of media in general. Yeah, exactly. Um, but now we're going to get to the case and the updates. So we're going to start on February 15th, 2017, when Indiana State Police began circulating a still image of an individual reportedly seen on the Monon High Bridge Trail where the two friends were killed. The grainy photograph appears to capture a Caucasian male, hands in pockets, walking on the rail bridge, head down towards the girls. A few days later, the person in the photograph was named the prime suspect in the double homicide. And this is, a, I think it's the still from the video, correct? Yes. 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 Uh, because there's no other cameras around there, as far as I know. Nope. Um, February 16th, 2017, police set up a tip line for information in the case. In the evening, state police search a home in Delphi, but no arrests are made. Mm. February 18th, 2017, a public memorial is held for the girls at the Delphi Community High School at 4 p.m., and several Delphi businesses began hosting fundraisers in their neighborhood with proceeds benefiting the families of the teens. Mm. February 19th, 2017, authorities confirmed that the person in the photograph was the prime suspect of the double homicide. The following day, police say they are conducting a, quote, statewide manhunt, end quote, for the suspect and urge community members to call in tips. Mm. So February 22nd, 2017 is when law enforcement releases the audio recording where the voice of the suspect, uh, though it is in some degree muffled, because I believe it was in Libby's pocket at this point, her phone, um right. it's this is the video where the audio where uh you can hear the guy say down the hill hmm. it was at this news conference that officials credited the source of the audio and imagery to libby's smartphone and further regarded her as a hero for having had the presence of mind and fortitude to secretly record the exchange police indicated that additional evidence from the phone had been secured but they did not release it uh so as not to, quote, compromise any future trial, end quote. Mm. 
but by this time, the reward offered for information leading to an arrest was set to $41,000. The following day, the FBI announced that it was utilizing approximately 6,000 electronic billboards in 46 states to solicit information on the case. Thank which, good. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. Um, February 25th, 2017. So this is where we're going to talk about a guy and a... Uh, social media account called Anthony underscore shots. This guy's going to yes. come up later too. Um, this was the source of great headaches as we were researching, oh trying to figure <laughs> out because part this partly happens in 2017. It's going to come back up more recently at the end of last year, but they knew about it in 2017. They knew about it in 2017. It was we not didn't know about it until recently. Yes. It was not released to the public. This information until later on. Yes. But, Unbeknownst to the public, February 25th, 2017, at about 12.30 p.m., Indiana State Police and FBI investigators executed a search warrant linked to the Anthony underscore Shots account. Their investigation led them to the home of Keegan Klein in the city of Peru in Miami County, Indiana. Yeah, that's Peru is a city in Miami County, Indiana. Which is near Kokomo. It is in Indiana. There's also I think, I think there's a Manhattan. What are you up to over Indian, there? Oh no, there might be a Manhattan, Kansas. Some, something like something that. Something like that. But I just want to. I just have questions. We. I know we have Indiana listeners, and I have. I want to know. Right. During, I want to know why are the, you the United Nations of the states? Like during the research, I kept seeing Miami County. I was like, wait, somebody's in Florida, and then I saw Peru, and I was like, wait, who's in Peru yeah. now? Um, yeah. Yeah. It started to get a little a little wacky here. So, um. According to court documents that were heavily redacted, mm-hmm. this is the search that took place. And the, the, these documents showed up recently. They, yes. These are not. So these were yeah, released okay, okay. in 2017. Yeah, we'll get yes. to it. So yes, yes, yes. Uh, nearly an hour later at 1.25 p.m., police interview Klein, during which they learned that he spoke to underage girls using the uh, Anthony underscore shots profile, mainly using a white iPhone 5C. Mm hmm. Multiple electronics were seized during the warrant, including an Apple iPhone 4, Apple iPhone 3, Samsung Galaxy 5S, Samsung Galaxy S4, uh, a notebook tablet, and an iPad Touch. However, Klein didn't turn in the iPhone 5C until later. We're going to get to that in a second. Yes. On the electronics, investigators found videos and photos showing underage girls posing nude or partially nude in and or engaging in sex acts. Some of the files were saved on electronic devices while others were shared in a Dropbox account. They also recovered full and partial transcripts of online chats through services like Kick and Facebook Messenger. However, after conducting the search, FBI Special Agent Bob Ramsey told Journal and Courier, quote, we in no way believe that he is connected to the murder of those girls, end quote. So that, yeah, again, that was February 25th, 2017. We're going to come back to that in like 2021-ish. But February 27th, 2017, police revealed that they've received close to 10,000 tips in the case. The reward is increased to $100,000. Two days later, on March 1st, retired Indiana Colts punter Pat McAfee? Is it McAfee? Like the spyware? I, I was going to say, it's spelled like the spyware, so yeah. I'm going to go with that. Uh, or it's not spyware, it's antivirus. Antivirus. Whoops. <laughs> Whatever. And Colts Defamation. owner Jim Irsay announced a $97,000 do- donation bringing the 
reward total to $200,000. Jesus. The same day, Abby's grandparents, Diane and Eric, left an emotional note at police headquarters expressing their family's gratitude for their work in the investigation. According to CBS4 Indianapolis, the note read, quote, where are the police when you need them? I have uttered these words whenever a speeding or reckless driver nearly runs me off, uh, runs me or someone else off the road. Where are the police when you need them? They are here in Delphi with us. We pray for your protection and we are forever grateful for your service. End quote. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Just looking for their, looking for answers for their grandkids. I mean, I wouldn't say that like, the police are always on your side, but uh, yeah, it, it was a little propaganda to me. Yeah, especially they that, released that, this, that, that was shared. Yes, they released this yes. information because they were like, "Look, a thank you note, like us." No one ever seems to thank the police anymore. Aw, um, man, so for doing sad. our jobs. Maybe if you did them, um, but yeah. So either way, like. They're, and also they're emotional and it's just but yeah 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 um now comes everyone's favorite part which is mine i say facetiously um so now we're fast forwarding a little bit to march 2nd 2017 so that white iphone 5c that we said we would talk about later talking about it now later is now now yep. is later so that device had a bunch of its data deleted prior to Klein turning it into the police, according to those redacted court documents. So the web browser history on the Safari app had been erased, although investigators were able to recover some information. And according to part of the affidavit, which was obtained by CBS4 Indianapolis, quote, while looking over the digital forensics examination report, I noticed the user of the Apple iPhone 5C deleted multiple items off of the phone before turning it into law enforcement. On February 25th, 2017, pause the quote. Um, I'm like, I don't know how to stop it. Um, that's the day of the raid. Yes. The one we did. If I had about read, if I had read had two gotten- seconds before. Or yeah. two seconds later that's what they say here yeah. so but just just as a reminder for this timeline that's where they got all of the other fucking phones you know the house yes. when you have like 19 phones in your house just randomly yeah yeah you know how you do casually um yeah so continuing the quote on february 25th 2017 the search warrant was served on the client's residence and keegan was interviewed and polygraphed on february 27th 2017 Keegan called the state police to turn in the Apple iPhone 5C. On February 25th, 2017, at approximately 7.30 p.m., Keegan's polygraph was concluded and he was transported back to his residence. The digital forensic examination shows at approximately 9.19 p.m., the user of the iPhone 5C started to uninstall and delete apps from the phone. At approximately 9.19 p.m., the user uninstalled and deleted Snapchat. At approximately 10.14 p.m., the user uninstalled and deleted Instagram from the phone. On February 26, 2017, at approximately 1.12 p.m., the user uninstalled and deleted Meet Me from the phone. The user put Snapchat back on the device on February 27, 2017, at approximately 1.28 p.m. The user again uninstalled and deleted it from the phone. And Keegan admitted to using these applications to chat with underage girls. The evidence contained in these applications were destroyed when the user deleted them from the device before turning it into law enforcement, end quote. Mm. So 
timeline within a timeline, timelineception, what we're saying is they raided the house. They didn't get the iPhone. Keegan holds on to the iPhone at home. Keegan is brought in and polygraphed. Keegan comes home. Keegan wipes the phone. Yes. Starts deleting that night, continues to delete the next day. Then the day after he continues deleting, he turns in the device Mm -hmm. and that that's when they're like oh and everything's gone yeah um so that brings us to march 8th 2017 which is when officials announced a trail safety task force was formed to explore the safety of the delphi historic trails as investigators revealed that they were working with the fbi to build a profile of the killer so a lot going on then Mm -hmm. and the next day on march 9th libby's grandfather mike mike patty uh spoke to the police for the first time since his granddaughter's murder he thanked the community community for its support and said he believed that the case would be solved. And Indiana State Police Sergeant John Perrin said the case was, quote, emotional for all of us, end quote, and added that the reward had surpassed at that point $224,000 and that the police had received more than 11,000 tips. Wow. Yeah. So then about a week later on March 17th, 2017, The Indiana State Police, the FBI, and the Carroll County Sheriff's Department served a search warrant at a property where the bodies of Libby and Abby were found. found. And the property owner, Ron Logan, was not a suspect in the murders, but he was subsequently arrested on a probation violation stemming from illegal driving charges and was ultimately sentenced to nearly four years in prison the next month. So... Fast forwarding a couple more months, on June 16th, 2017, state police hit a, rec- hit a record of 18,000 tips into the case. That's insanity. Yeah. That's a lot to go through. And I can't imagine the Delphi, like, police department was um, very... Getting hit up. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. yeah. Very yeah. busy. Prior to this, I think it was a lot of, like, a Hawkins police type deal. That it <laughs> yes. was, like, yes. real chill until something like this happened. Yeah, exactly. Um, But so 18,000 tips. And then the following day, because of these tips, not just these tips that just came, like, you know, of of all of these tips, officers distributed a composite sketch of someone who at the time of this in this investigation was sought as a person of prime interest in the murders. And it had apparently been drawn by police from eyewitnesses, like on the day that the girls had vanished. Okay. Like, I, people who had witnessed this person yeah, walking on around. the day that the girls yeah, had yeah. yeah. So then on September 27, 2017, a man named Daniel Nations was arrested in Colorado for having expired plates. And it kind of just devolved from there. Yeah. Um, the arrest happened near a trail where a bicyclist had been shot two weeks prior. And he was also accused of threatening hikers with a hatchet. No. And yeah, Nations strongly resembled the man in the composite sketch that had been released about two months prior. He did. And, I saw it. Yep. Two days after his arrest on September 29th, two detectives traveled from Indiana to Colorado to interview Nations, who was living homeless in Indiana at the time of the murders. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay. However, by October 3rd, that's when Aaron Samuels asked Katie Heron what day it was. Mm -hmm. Police said there, quote, has been no information developed to specifically include or exclude, end quote, nations in the Delphi case. Okay. He later faced a felony charge of failure to register as a sex or violent offender, however, in Johnson County and pled guilty the following year in May 2018. Huh. All right. Yeah. 
So on January 8, 2019, a person of interest named Charles Eldridge was arrested in Union City, Indiana, on charges of child molestation and child solicitation. Oh, great. So many great people in the world. Um, So police in Randolph County alerted the FBI to a potential link between Eldridge and the Delphi murders on account of his strong resemblance to the sketch. But however, this was before some new info comes. Okay. So on January 15, 2018, a Facebook post from the Bledsoe County Sheriff's Department in in Tennessee said that the search for the Delphi suspect had been extended into southern Tennessee counties. So huh. obviously people fucking panicked in Tennessee and were like, oh, this dude's here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then the department later had to edit the Facebook post to clarify their statement, saying that the search was nationwide and there had not been any sightings in Tennessee. Specifically, they just needed yeah. to feel special. Yeah. They just wanted to be a part of something. Um, so, yeah. So April 19th, 2019, Indiana State Police announced a, quote, new direction in the case. Huh. And that's not because they're Glee fans. It's because on behalf of state police and the multi-agency task force, Superintendent Doug Carter released more materials a few days later in a press release held on April 22nd, which included a short video recording in which a the blue jeaned and jacket wearing suspect was seen walking along the rail bridge for a little over a second in that video and superintendent carter yes um it's it's abbreviated and i got nervous (laughs) um (laughs) um so he stated that because of the deteriorated condition of the bridge the suspect is not walking naturally due to the spacing between the ties okay yeah and then an updated sketch of the suspect was also unveiled a few days later, as well as an extended version of the audio recording in which a slight rise in the suspect's voice can be detected as he utters the words guys before the phrase, quote, down the hill. Hmm. It was further explained that the previously released sketch, which showed an older man with a goatee and cap, is now considered secondary. And by contrast, the clean-shaven individual of the newly revised composite sketch is the primary sketch of the prime suspect. Okay. State police said that the case had, sh- quote, shifted in a new direction, and quote, and that because the... Uh, I can't speak. It had shifted in this new direction because... The suspect is believed to have to be between the ages of 18 and 40. That's, Talk about a range. Yeah, that's quite a range. But they caution that the suspect's, quote, youthful appearance, end quote, could make him look younger than his true age. So, homie's been Botoxin. Yes. Investigators also revealed that they had reason to believe that the suspect might be hiding in plain sight and that the person is almost certainly familiar with the Delphi area, whether it be from living there or working there or some other reason. Mm -hmm. An additional plea was made for help in identifying the driver of a vehicle left abandoned off the Hoosier Heartland Highway in Delphi at the former child services office between noon and 5 p.m. on the day of the murders. Um, As part of the timeline that we got into in the beginning, police kind of... That that timeline was through like police and whatnot, and what they believed was that whoever committed these murders, because there were a bunch of the German family cars, obviously yep. there, but there were also some cars of people that, and that nobody knew who they belonged to. So it's believed that, and like not just in the parking lot, but also like along the side of the road leading up to it, yeah, and all yeah, that. Yeah. You know how people park when they go to like hiking trails and shit like that. So it's believed that this person. The, that the killer 
got must have gotten in their car and left by around like five o'clock. So before the police showed up. Okay. But while the German family was searching. Yep. Yep. Um, and so that's why they want to know about that car because nobody knows how the person got there. Nobody knows how the person left. Uh huh. Um, but so yeah. So then fast forwarding a bit on July twenty third, twenty nineteen, another person of interest, Paul Etter was wanted for the kidnapping and rape of a 26-year-old woman on June 22nd in Tippecanoe County. And Etter was one of multiple suspects being investigated for the murders, according to Carroll County Sheriff Lesenby. Um, And Etter was, uh, two days later, or no, just kidding, I'm a liar, I I can't do math, July 28th, that's not two days later. Edder was surrounded by police, and after a five-hour standoff, he died by suicide. And investigators received a tip about Edder in relation to the Delphi murders, but it's unclear if or when authorities would be able to determine if he was the killer. Okay. Yeah. So then about a month later, on August 19th, 2020, Keegan Klein, our... our Anthony underscore shots. Yes. um, I was going to say our catfish, but the brain just wouldn't give me that word. He was charged with 30 felonies. Just 30? Only 30. Wow. Um, And this included, drumroll please, possession of child sexual abuse materials, child exploitation, obstruction of justice, child solicitation, and synthetic identity deception, according to online court records. Yeah, you know, like fake ID. I know. That's crazy. That that, that wording is Homie is is a catfish. Yeah. Yeah, you can come up with that wording, but you can't change child pornography to child sexual abuse materials, my dudes. He's got the whole bingo of, like, being an asshole. (laughs) He does. Yeah. He does. He hits the entire thing. He's got, like, supreme bingo. Michael, we're recording. I'm leaving it in there. That's fine. I'm, I thought you were done. <laughs> nope. We're in the middle. We're talking about child sexual abuse materials, my Hi, love. Hi, Michael. Like, <laughs> I have a cat sleeping on my desk, and Quickly I've never been more embarrassed in my life. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, this guy's a douchebag. This so guy's a douchebag. That's what it comes down to. He is not a kitty. Um, and so, goodness gracious me, oh my. Um he was previously set to stand trial in May 2022, but then his pretrial conference was pushed to April 14th because also like when he was arrested, it was COVID. Um, so his pretrial conference was pushed to April 14th of this year, but now his trial is set for September 26, 2022. So literally in a couple months. Okay. Yeah. Well, probably for all of these other felonies. Update. Yeah. 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 If something comes um, of this, at least if something comes of this, at least we'll get, we'll, we'll get there. So on April 5th, 2021, Indiana State Police received an anonymous donation of $100 towards the Delphi Investigation Reward Fund. $100,000 is not (laughs) what I said. You said 100. Oh, that's like 100 times less than what it is. Um, Math. Hey. Um, So they received a $100,000 anonymous Anonymous. donation. Yes. Um, Which brings the total now, as of April 5th, 2021, to $325,000 for the reward. Yeah. So then, at the end of that month, on April 27th, 2021, Indiana State Police detectives named James Brian Chadwell II as another person of interest in the murders. Sheriff Lesenby said that investigators had Chadwell on their radar after he was charged with attacking a nine-year-old girl, saying, quote, the information has been shared with us and our investigators are looking into him, end quote. 
However, in May, like the next month, you know how calendars work. Kelsey said that she did not believe that he was the killer, saying, quote, yes, I've seen his name all over. No new updates. No press release. There is no suspect in custody in this case. L.E., law enforcement, is looking into a tip that was sent in that is now being made way bigger than it is. Until L.E. says he's a suspect, he is no more than another name they are looking at, end quote. Can you hear these police cars that are coming for me? All right. Like, for effect, my God. So on December 6, 2021, so that's like almost the end of the year, at approximately 9.50 p.m., Sergeant Jeremy Pierce, public information officer with Indiana State Police, announced in a press release that authorities were seeking information from anyone who may have been in contact with, as it has now been revealed, TBT to February 2017, the Anthony Schatz catfish profile. Yeah. So this is the first the public is public hearing, is of, hearing of it. Yes. 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 So the press release explained that the profile had been uncovered during the course of the investigation into the murders and was believed to have been used in 2016-2017 and asked anybody to who would be coming forward about with information to use the Abby and Libby tip line, uh-huh. which means that they, even though they haven't specifically said that there must be some kind of a yeah. connection that they are looking for. Because why would they gum up the, the tip line with a random like yes. social media profile if they yes. didn't think it was linked to this specific case. Yes. And again, that FBI agent said, yeah, we don't think that the, the when we investigated that home in Peru when we raided that home in Peru, um, that we don't think that they're involved yeah. in these murders. After- However, that was before the iPhone was given to them. Yes. And it takes time to go through that shit also. Yeah. It, it just, it really does. Um, there's a backlog. We've talked about it. Like, and it's just, It's a mess. It's a mess. But according to WTHR 13, Don Whitehead of the Howard County Prosecutor's Office told the press, quote, if the time frame fits now, it's certainly worth looking into. Anyone that had contact with this person at any point in time could possibly still have information on their computer that would be helpful to the investigation. He may have shared inadvertently or intentionally revealed some personal information that could be valuable. There might be embedded information in the communications that would be helpful to the investigators also. Anyone who may have been contacted, met with, or knows something about the Anthony Schatz profile is asked to contact law enforcement, end quote. Mm-hmm. Soon after, Indiana State Police released an additional statement related to this profile and confirmed that the account is alleged to have belonged to a 27-year-old man named Keegan Anthony Klein of Peru, Indiana. Mm-hmm. And explained that Klein set up the fake social media accounts in which he used photos of an unknown male model to catfish potentially to catfish potential underage victims. And photos used in the account and shared by police showed an array of luxury items that the owner of the account supposedly owned, including Gucci clothes, a sports car, you know, all of the things yeah, that would like, impress like a 16 or younger year old person, I guess. Yeah, well, and Felix is groaning, and I can't say that I disagree. Like, this is cringy. Yeah. Um, you're an adult man trying to lure children by being like, look at all the shit I don't have because I'm a loser in my dad's basement trying to catfish children. Like, it's fucked up. This guy is, this guy is the he's lowest. Gross. He's a bottom feeder. Yeah. So Kelsey German said of Klein being a 
potential suspect, quote, I think in the past when there were names put out in the media, that was more the media putting them out there. But I think this is also the first time we've ever seen police put out any sort of name about a potential suspect, end quote. She also said that she long believed that social media did not have anything to do with the case, but said that she has now reconsidered things, saying, quote, Libby never told me anything about anybody contacting her online. But since the latest release happened, it just made me think that even if she had told us or if we would have said something, then she'd likely have kept messaging anyway, because teenagers like to hide things, unfortunately, end quote. Yeah, I mean, I will say if you or someone you know is an underage person um and they're talking to anybody online make sure it's somebody that you know and that you've met in person and that you're actually friends with like don't be friending random people on social media apps like it's it's never good no no um and it's we've talked about it before it's another reason why like you know keep an eye like don't necessarily let your kids on social media it's not necessarily good for them or just Um, like foster a sense of like tell yeah tell me literally anything like Mm -hmm. i want to know your friends i want to know their parents i want to know like who you're talking to like what you're interested in like if i think if you have like an open line of communication with your young people in your life or make sure that they have somebody that they can talk to that it's not being kept a secret because that's how really 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 bad things happen yeah, well, and also not just talk the talk, but walk the walk. Like, I mean, I can remember for for as long, probably starting a little earlier than he should have, my dad would always be like, you can call me any time of night, any time of day. If you need me to come get you, I don't care if you're halfway across the world. I will come get you. My father also thinks he's Liam Neeson and Taken. But he just like anything, yeah. I won't be mad. I won't judge you. Yeah, whatever. the fact that you're safe and, is literally all that matters. Yes, but I and, mean, we talked about this in the Breck Bredner, uh, Bedner case. Yes. That like his mom did everything correctly that you are told yeah. to do in these cases and this scumbag still murdered her child. Sunk his like, yeah. it, it like, and unfortunately, like things can happen that it's just like out of almost anybody's control. Yes, but that's that's kind of what I'm I'm getting at is like because there were times where I would not I never was like I'm not I'm not a world traveler by any means so I was never like hey dad I'm in England come get me but or wherever that girl was taken um, but I uh, like my sister and I both have had times where we're like hey dad like we need your help blah 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 um, and he he did what he said he would do. And he didn't judge and he didn't yell and he didn't punish. And that is how, like, it's one thing to say you can trust me, but as you need to show that these kids can trust you. And not yeah. even necessarily as just a parent, as a sibling, as a, a um, like a, a teacher, like as but also, a, a trusted adult. These girls were 13 and 14 year old girls. And as a former 13 slash 14 year old girl, mm-hmm. I know that there are some things you're just never going to tell anybody. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So not. if she was talking to Anthony underscore shots, maybe she maybe she didn't even tell Abby. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it could have been that deep. You don't even tell your best friend. Yeah, Lord knows it happens. But, yeah, so, but speaking of the Anthony Schatz account and the unknown male model that was used to catfish underage victims, yeah, so police said that this was an unknown 
male model type of thing. That was yeah. not the guy in that that, that was, was linked not, to the account. Yeah. Decidedly not. This dude looks like fucking Chumley from Pawn Stars. And the person he is posing as looks like, oh my God, I'm going to date myself here. Uh, Ryan, what's his name, Haley? Um, hi, know. I'm Ryan. And my life, it's kind of crazy. Um, skateboarder. He had, he had two blue orbs of eyes. I don't um, know. Why he would was I know on, He was on MTV when we were in high school. Sheckler. Ryan Sheckler. Thank you, whoever Still yelled it at me. Oh, you are... How was I the sheltered one and you don't know? Um, but either way, that's who this dude looks like. So we've got Chumley posing as Ryan Sheckler. And the, I say this because they were like, yeah, it's an unknown male model. Didn't even bother to look for the guy because... This eventually, this is national news, like we were saying. Like, neither of us live in Indiana. We knew about this. Yeah. We heard about this. The real man in those photos is named Vincent Kowalski, who is a married 25-year-old Alaskan police officer and father. And he was horrified to learn that his face was connected to these horrific murders. Yeah. And also, like, just luring children yeah how yucky to find out that like your image was used to catfish somebody like yeah. you yeah well and i like i said to you off mic i have a relative who is has their image has been used many times and that's like even to think about like this is this is adults catfishing adults and yeah. it's still like ooh gross i think they talk um, about this on the show catfish every once in a while they find the person who was actually in the photos and they were like uh i had no fucking clue i don't know who these yeah. people are oh the worst ones were when it was like they knew the person who was catfishing yeah like it was like their friend or their sibling or something yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. That's gross. um gross 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 but yeah so kowalski told the daily mail quote I was unaware that the Indiana State Police were going to use my photos prior to them releasing that information. I had Ooh. to learn about the whole case overnight, and I am appalled to know what happened to those poor girls. Instagram and catfishing has been a problem for me since the start. These social media platforms do nothing to stop that type of thing from happening, unfortunately. End quote. He also said that he was stunned that Indiana police did not contact him before issuing this press release. Didn't yeah, even with all to. of his photos all over. Yeah, and, and honestly, like... Not, I'm not saying this from like a gleeful perspective, but like, oh wow, and you did this to one of your own. Like, what happened to back the blue? Like, yeah, yeah you ended up fucking over one of your own. Like, yeah. okay. Um, but so yeah, that brings us to this year, specifically March 25th, 2022. At this point, transcripts of those polygraph. Uh, things and the interviews with Klein and all of that from yeah. 2017 they are made public by the true crime podcast The Murder Sheet which is hosted by journalist Ayn Kane and attorney Kevin Greenlee and these transcripts revealed new insight into the investigation with investigators confronting Klein about his involvement with the Anthony Schatz profile again that's these are this is new information to us yes. but this is information from 2017. 2017 so allegedly in the days following libby's murder the person behind the profile told another person that they were supposed to meet up with uh, or told another person that they were like messaging and catfishing presumably mm -hmm. um that the, that uh, that anthony Schatz was supposed to meet up with libby quote but she never showed up end quote uh-huh 
In the February 2017 interview, Klein allegedly admitted to opening the account just 12 days prior to the murders of Abby and Libby Mm. and interacting with Libby on the Catfish account and said he had plans to meet her in Delphi on the day she was killed, but claimed to not have gone and and denied doing anything wrong or otherwise, telling investigators, quote, I literally have no clue how that girl died. I don't know anything, anything to do with it. Yeah, that is a weird ass coincidence that I happened to talk to her. Like, I get that. End uh-huh. quote. Police also questioned Klein in that interview about another school aged girl whose family Klein allegedly knew from Galveston, Indiana. And the girl allegedly gave her address to this Anthony Schatz account just days after the murders of Abby and Libby, with investigators telling Klein, quote, She comes home from school. She sees this guy with a ski mask looking in her bedroom window directly after giving this address to Anthony Schatz. As a matter of fact, that's the incident that started everything else last time. That's how everything started last time was that incident. End quote. Mm -hmm. Klein replied, quote, that's crazy. So that that incident with another girl happened after happened after what started was messaging with anthony shots and then suddenly a peeping tom shows up in her window with a ski mask and that's when they started doing the investigation into anthony shots so anthony shots was not even uh related to abby and libby it was related to this other girl first i believe so but i'm not 100 percent on that okay yeah again the the the, this timeline with the anthony shots thing just kind of it just Got the redactions don't help. Like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Klein just goes, "Oh, that's crazy!" Like, dude, fu- like, <laughs> yeah. I just, I hate, I hate. This if you're guy. gonna fucking lie, come up with a better fucking lie. Yeah. Well, and even if he didn't do it, because like, yeah, sure, yeah, 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 innocent until proven guilty. However, he's still been caught red-handed with these like child sexual abuse materials with other kids yeah on his person there's no way he's a good person there's yes 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 yes. thank you thank you thank you so he also klein also allegedly said in the interview that his father also had access to this account however yeah and, and he was living in his father's home and they traced this account back to this home but I mean, and they 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 retrieved a lot of technology. Yeah. Like, who's to say what was owned by whom? And I'm not saying that Klein is an innocent person, but also like, who knows how innocent their da- his dad is in all yeah. of this as well. They had like, like you six know what I mean? phones. Like, that's a little yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um. So the document has since been sealed in court records. So like, we're we're not we're not getting anything anytime soon like you know uh, what i yeah, mean yeah yeah um like it's it's we've got to wait until the trial basically um but you know like this is still very fucky and we're not even yeah close. i mean close this came out like this year so i'm yes, sure there's gonna be a, a lot months of, ago a lot of more information that happens yeah well and and i just mean like we're we're there's no there's no more info of right now but there's still more info for this podcast does that make sense yeah okay i'm like i'm sitting there and i'm like i'm questioning my own words but yeah so speaking of so this podcast the murder sheet they also obtained court reports that allegedly provided more information that had previously not been disclosed to the public Mm. um yeah it's it's it is 
we'll get into it, but fishy. like not fishy, but like not 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 necessarily like there are some questions as to the obtaining of these documents by various people. People yeah. have people have questions. Yeah. Um so for example, Logan, the property manager who violated his parole, uh-huh. Robert Logan, um he's now deceased. So nobody can really ask him anything, but allegedly he asked a relative to lie about his whereabouts on the day of the murder. Ooh, not great. Murders. Yeah. He, phone records and again just for some so that nobody has to skip back he's on he is the property manager of the private property on which the girls bodies were found yes yeah so phone records also allegedly placed him near the old monon high bridge okay on that day yep so furthermore logan's former lover allegedly thought he was involved that he may have had something to do with this okay. yes so then the crime scene also appeared to have been tampered with by somebody with fbi special agent in charge herbert j stapleton saying in a written statement quote and this is all like stuff that was revealed in these exposed court documents yes quote the fbi has provided assistance to the indiana state police and the carroll county sheriff's office in this investigation and will continue to help in any way we can to see justice done for libby and abby because this is a pending investigation we do not have any details to share at this time end quote the agent also allegedly wrote that the killer would have covered would have been covered in the victim's blood when they were fleeing the scene Uh because a quote large amount of blood was lost by the victims at the crime scene end quote yeah uh this is about to get rough folks so skip if you need um saying quote because of the nature of the victim's wounds it is nearly certain the perpetrator of the crime would have gotten blood on his person slash clothing end Uh quote the documents also allegedly revealed that the girls were killed by an unspecified quote weapon end quote Mm -hmm. that their bodies had been posed and moved from the location where they had been killed to this spot where they were found mm-hmm. hence the footprints and that the killer had taken quote souvenirs from the victims although the items in question were redacted in this report i can understand why this information wasn't oh, uh, yeah well obviously because it's horrifying because they're minors but also because th- the way that the bodies were found could be key in mm-hmm. finding the actual person that did mm-hmm. it. Well, I suppose they're a serial killer and that's their MO. Yeah. Like, th- you don't want them to change up or their suppose, MO and suppose never suppose catch somebody, them. Suppose somebody gives a false confession saying that they were strangled. It doesn't seem yes. like with this information that they could have been strangled because... You don't lose a lot of blood when you're strangled. No, I don't think so. No. Don't, we're, not, we're not biologists, but... Mm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Kane, one of the co-hosts of the murder sheet, said, quote, the bodies were staged. We don't know what that means. Disturbing details. It mentions it was a bl- bloody, brutal crime, end mm. quote. So although the hosts said that they redacted, like, documents that could hurt the ongoing investigation, Greenlee, Kane's co-host, said, quote, we can tell you we reached out to law enforcement yesterday. We had pretty serious and long conversations with them. They made the case that a couple of things the warrant that could harm the case if released. So we did take it out, end quote. 
However, as I kind of alluded to before, like even if you look at the reviews, the podcast has come under some criticism for alleged unethical standards, including how they may have obtained these documents. That's come into question and claims that they failed to properly vet expert witnesses, like witnesses that they claimed to be expert witnesses. Like, Mm. you know, I can't say witness one more time. Which is Uh, crazy because one is a journalist and the other is a, a lawyer. Yes. So the fact that um, they would have kind of sketchy practices on getting this. Well, but they've been accused okay, of having okay, sketchy okay, practices. Yep, it's accused, not that they alleged. necessarily do. Um, that's just what people are alleging, claiming. Okay. <clears throat> um, see, we do it with everything um, <laughs> with with these alleged statements. But yeah, so like, listen, they've got a, like a whole ass series on these murders on their podcast um like it's kind of like serial but not you uh-huh. know what i mean but in terms uh-huh. of like focusing on one case for several episodes and so yeah like just know to listen at your own risk uh but they've got a lot of information there's another podcast called down the hill the delphi murders yep that's also got a ton of information that's really good which spawned um, a docu i think series. it's documentary yes. or docu series is it multi episode documentary no 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 i just i spoke out of turn it, I, I think it, yeah i think it's a one-part documentary yes. uh yes. that you can watch on the paid version of hulu or slang yes. uh it has a 6.3 yes. out of 10 on imdb yes but, um, um that's that it was released in 2020 yes it was like a specially sort of it's like thing. hln something i think it was something, but. yeah i think it was something like that because i think the podcast the down the hill podcast is like an hln podcast something like that i think so that sounds right to me yeah. um but yeah but so in an interview on July 3rd of this year, so like this month, um, with The Sun, Libby's mother, Carrie, said that she still gets what she believes to be little messages from her daughter, saying, quote, I see signs of Libby every single day, sometimes many times a day, like when a song comes on the radio that starts playing, when I randomly change the station that I know she loved. That, to me, is her way of sending little signs to say hello to me, end quote. Or like she said things like her daughter's phone number would auto populate on her phone when she would start to like type something out and she was like yeah that's like i feel like it's just like hey i'm here like i know that you wish you could talk to me yeah i think any any like little comfort that you can get from stuff like that is yeah i I don't like as long as as long as you're not taking it as god Mm -hmm. um i think is like if if a little reminder pops up then I mean, I I feel like that could be good. Like for me, um, my grandmother's big thing was ladybugs. So like if a lady, like every once in a while, a ladybug will like randomly land on me or randomly, like we found a couple ladybugs in our apartment. And like when I, when I went on like a trip, um, a a ladybug, like randomly, like in the, like we're in the middle of nowhere. I don't know how Mm -hmm. this ladybug got to us, but it was Mm -hmm. like with us on our trip so like it's just like little stuff like that like i know a lot of people have things with like butterflies or like yeah i have a i have yeah i have a friend that has a thing with uh seagulls so like it's just like everyone's got those little things for for somebody that they lost though i want to look in your wedding dress and see how many ladybugs are in there because i would freak the fuck out uh, Haley, Haley's the, Haley's wedding dress skirt was the equivalent of like those bug catching it nets. was a bug net uh we walked in the woods to take photos and the entire thing uh I'd be surprised if there's a ladybug because it's just bees spiders and grasshoppers everything everybody wants yep um just what you're looking for but no but that would make it even cooler though 
because yeah, I'm still convinced and I've talked about this on the podcast I'm still convinced your grandma is the only reason why I did not downpour during your ceremony when it was literally supposed to and yeah. everybody is running around getting ready and as we are getting ready we are all calling out to each other it's saying that it's supposed to rain at 3.30 now it's saying 3.20 now it's 3 like just just constant yeah. like constant so I'm still convinced I'm still convinced Either that or it was the Menendez. So I would like to think that it's your grandma. <laughs> yeah, did we talk about that the place I got uh, married was we're, owned by the Menendez? No, we didn't. And we were supposed to keep it a surprise. <laughs> yes. no, I, no, I think we talked about it. <laughs> okay. I don't remember. No, I, think I, I just remember. I just remember that we were like, I, I just remember texting you purpose. and being like, I am peeing in the same bathroom as the Menendez's once peed in. Yes. Because, um, <clears throat> you know, we're normal people. But yeah, so getting into the pop culture side of things, trying to provide a little bit of levity. Speaking of charlatans, on December we 13th. Yeah, we, we talked about the uh, the Downhill podcast. We talked about mm-hmm. the Downhill uh, documentary. I mm-hmm. almost said docuseries again. I know, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, but go ahead. Right when I took a drink. Thank you. Um, So on December 13th, 2017, so the year that Libby and Abby were murdered, um, Libby and Abby's family members appeared on season 16, episode 65 of the Dr. Phil show titled The Indiana Train Track Murders, Mm -hmm. The Search for a Killer. And that's the again, that's like the only time that I've really heard of them being referred to as the Indiana Train Track Murders. Not to say that, like, that's not legitimate, but just it was kind of just like a huh. Yeah. Um. And so they talked about the case, and after their appearance, tips increased by more than 500% over the next five days after this episode aired. All right. And you can watch the interview on Dr. Phil's website um, if you feel so inclined. And in response, (laughs) there's a spider. Uh, (laughs) Sorry, I looked up and there was a spider and I'm not, I'm I'm not feeling it. We're almost Um, done. Speaking of getting murdered. So there's all there was also a lot of memorial things. Um, sorry, there was another bug on my leg and I'm fine. I'm good. I'm cool. I'm great. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. Um, so, again, memorials. In response to a request from Libby's mother, Carrie, homeowners across central Indiana began installing orange lights on their front porches mm-hmm. uh, starting on April 24th, 2017, as part of a movement called Light Up Delphi. And this was both to commemorate the girls as well as indicate that the murderer remains at large. And then on April 27th, 2017, Libby and Abby's families announced plans to build a memorial park and sports complex with several softball fields near the Hoosier Heartland Highway, about a mile or about 1.6 kilometers northeast of Delphi in memory Mm -hmm. of the girls. So on May 13th, 2017, a maybe what what's that Haley? like two-ish weeks later yeah something like that um according to wish tv a celebration of life was held for the girls at delphi high school and all of the proceeds from the event were to go towards building or went towards building this new softball field in abby and libby's names which family members and organize organizers said was just a really great way to remember the girls and that they Mm -hmm. actually planned to make it an annual event because it was just they they thought it was really just great and successful and everything yeah um mike patty libby's grandfather said quote they were taken away they were taken way too early to do this make their own mark in life this is a good way to remember them it just seemed to make sense 
Libby really loved that. Abby would play softball as well, but Abby also loved the parks part of it, the music, the arts. So we are going to do something along those lines as well. Good things are going to happen inside there. I want that to be out there forever for somebody to come to that park and be able to see that and know that this park was put in their names and their remembrance, end quote. Hmm. So the event featured food, raffles, crafts, music. Uh, Organizers said that more than a thousand people came throughout the day. Wow. Yeah. And Trish Mendel, who organized the event and was and is the owner of Hometown Shirts and Graphics in Delta in Delphi, Mm -hmm. went on to say, quote, it's not just for the families. It is for the whole community. So all the girls from here on out are going to be able to enjoy something in the girls names, end quote. And she said that one of the best parts about the event was how much it meant to Abby and Libby's families, saying, quote, just seeing the look on their face, the family's faces has been amazing. They are actually laughing and having a good time. Mm-hmm. Becky was up there dancing earlier. That just hasn't happened. So it's been good. End quote. Yeah, that's really and nice. Yeah. Like good for them that they can that, that it was a true celebration of life. Uh, yeah. And that they it can wasn't see, somber. They can see the impact that this is going to have on their whole community yeah the The positive impact like Mm -hmm. of this dedication that it's going to have it's like taking the community back in a way yeah like there was this there's this fear because this person's still at large and you don't know who you don't know how and so I think that's just really great, too, that it's like, no, this is going to we're going to turn this into yeah, like a good thing and make it a safe space for kids. It turns into every single time Libby and Abby's names are mentioned. It's not just always followed by, oh, they were murdered. It's like, mm-hmm. no, this is a annual celebration that we're going to have in this beautiful park that is right. named after these two girls that love doing all of these things. Yes, So the plans for the Memorial Park were officially unveiled at the annual Delphi Bacon Festival on Um, August 26th. We're uh, going. Don't even don't even fuck with me. I'm on a plane already. Um, (laughs) Yes. Tickets have been booked. We are on our way. Um, I read that and I was just like, sign me the fuck up. Um, So, yeah, um, a nonprofit organization, L&A Park Foundation, was formed to, quote, celebrate and commemorate the lives of Libby German and Abby Williams by creating a place for the appreciation of nature, art, play and athleticism for generations to come, end Mm -hmm. quote. In 2020, the LA Park Foundation was named a recipient of the NBA All-Star 2021 Legacy Grant. Mm. And on October 9th, 2021, an official ceremony was held during which the the community mm, dedicated the park to Abby and Libby and their families said that the new park would keep their memory alive and remind their killer that the people who love these girls will find him. Mm -hmm. And anybody with information on abby and libby's case or the anthony Schatz profile any of it they can contact law enforcement at 765-822-3535 or through the tip line email at abby abby and libby l-i-b-b-y tip at c-a-c-o-s-h-r-f dot com Let's get these girls justice. Let's yeah. figure it out the fuck out. Like, damn. Yeah, and the fact that there's this video, like, yeah, it's like not a, it's not a super clear video that obviously everyone would love, 
but um but to have something yeah to have some indication of who this person could be we got it come on guys it happened in in 2017 like this isn't that long ago we can find this person yeah and god damn like if not to like bring this person to justice like just do it for these kids because like they they were 13 and 14 they'd be going off to college this year yeah they would have graduated high school from that high school that held those memorials for them but also just to make sure nothing like this happens again yeah yeah And, and i also think the taking of the video is like a good um a good, do more of that yeah, a, yeah it was honestly a great fuck you to this person mm-hmm. um but also if you are in any type of situation where you think it's like a little iffy or mm-hmm. you think anything's iffy you have your phone everyone's mm-hmm. got their phone mm-hmm. there's there's also um it's primarily used for when you're getting pulled over but you can google it and it's um like hey i don't want to trigger anybody's thingies but like for apple users it's hey s name i'm being pulled over or hey g word i'm being pulled over or whatever Mm -hmm. and yes again it's traditionally used for especially for bipoc people who get pulled over by the police because we are still very much and i i just mean we as a country are still very much not this has not been addressed this has not been fixed um by any means and it's still a an ongoing issue in the united states um police brutality against yeah. people of color um but you can also it's very easy you just google that and there is a thing that sets up on your phone where all you have to do is say that to the assistant on your smartphone and it immediately starts recording and when it stops recording it sends copies to people that you choose to be your designated okay. like recipients or whatever. For example, hey, guess what? I forgot to tell you this because <laughs> I'm mentally ill, uh, but you're one of my people. Yeah. <laughs> and so now you're finding out that like if anything should happen to me, you get a video. But you can use that not just for when you're getting pulled over. You can use that shortcut for whatever. And then that way, if your hands are not free, there you go. Yeah. Like. You and just I, and have to say it. I'm sure everyone already knows this, but if you get into like an Uber or Lyft or something, there's a thing that you can share your ride with somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you can. I think you can do it through Google Maps too. I think you can. You can like drop you, your location. I think you could probably do it with Wave. Like if you Waze. Waze. That's what you it got. Is. It. You don't drive. You're fine. I know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but also, um, it's just a good idea if you're going out for hike or any type of thing going out for a walk let a bunch of people know where you're going when you'll be back and Mm -hmm. it doesn't bring your pepper spray it doesn't hurt to share your uh location if you're going to be in um a more rural area that is um if you're gonna be alone yeah in an area any area like even, even even if you're just walking out of target and it's dark outside and don't like there's no shame yeah it's a dangerous time especially for certain groups of people yep um but 
But yeah. that said, uh, thank you to our patrons for choosing this episode. Thank God we're ending this on a light note. <laughs> like, <laughs> thank you. Um, we truly love and appreciate all of our patrons. Specifically, mm-hmm. want to shout out our lovely Lucian. We got love Abby you. on there. We got Woo. Travis. Stevie's yeah. there. Started uh, with one, and now I've got to cheer on everybody. Fuck. Go ahead, <laughs> Michaela. Ha. <laughs> Megan. I don't know what that was. Woo! Kim. <laughs> yes. Janie. <laughs> fuck. Not and that. Also yes, Sarah. I didn't get, oh, fuck. And let's hear it for Sarah. Let's hear it for everybody. Let's hear it for everybody. I'm never doing that again. This is why they tell you to wait to applaud at the end of a graduation ceremony. Um, Thanks to every but, single patron. You guys are awesome. Every last one of you. And I'm so happy that um, we are making content that you want to hear about. And if you want to have a say in what we talk about, you can join our Patreon for as little as a dollar, as much as whatever you want. And uh, there's different rewards at different levels, one of them being the poll that picks the episode. Mm -hmm. Um, You can find our Patreon at the profile of any of our social medias. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and we have a website, which is crimeculturepodcast.tumblr.com. Can't find any of those? You can email us, crimeculturepod at gmail.com. I believe all of this information is also in the link to this episode. Possibly. I was going to say in our in our description, in the I episode think it description. Is. I believe it is. Um, um, also, speaking of yeah being able to vote and patrons or whatever if you're on the fence if you're thinking about it should we tell them she's giving me a blank (laughs) stare everybody um well then i'm gonna make the executive decision that yes we should there might be something in the works for the patrons who have the ability to make choices in our podcast content okay that may involve them having a a deeper fuck. This is why I should have just let you go with this, even though you didn't. Know I don't what know what you're about. going for, but you I'm don't interested know, to find out. You don't out. know what we're going with. We discussed this. We literally had an entire like talk about it. There will Which be is a funny because I usually know what's going on. There will be a thing. All we're gonna say <laughs> is that you should sign up by next month, by August to be involved if you want to be involved in this and you might want to be involved in this this is this is i don't want to oversell it in case it's disappointing but i think this is kind of fun i think this is kind of cool i'm sure it will be whatever it is spooktober related okay remember that remember that thing that we've barely recovered from that's right around the corner um but yeah if you're just joining us we do two episodes a week for the month of october and it kills us every year but we, and we never continue learn. to do it <laughs> we never learn <laughs> um so yeah that's but we all look forward of our, to it yes. and you should too that's all of our stuff and we are done for the day and we are going to see you next tuesday tell the people felix say nothing give us nothing absolutely no. nothing he's got he's got nothing to say perfect beast Perfect beast. Biggest pisser. Bye. Bye.